And now, here's your host, Dana Rodriguez. Thank you, Joanne, and welcome, everybody. We hope you are having a lovely morning, and we do hope you can spare us an hour of your very valuable time, because Minds Over Matter is an audience participation quiz program, so that's what we are looking for. We'll be offering you questions on many, many different subjects, and of course, you are free to offer us questions on whatever subject you desire. Uh, we enjoy the uh, give and take, but first of all, we want to hear from you, so the two numbers are area code 415 Eight four one four one three four. Again, that's area code four one five eight four one four one three four, or toll free. Yes, we have a toll free number eight six six seven nine eight eight two five five. Again, that is eight six six seven nine eight eight two five five. We'll be taking questions, as I said, on just about every subject. And I do want to remind you that we have an email address, and if you would choose to contact us through email, you are welcome to do that. We prefer you call, but if you would rather email us, that's fine. It'll pop up in front of me. That address is mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-O-V-E-R-M-A-T-T-E-R-1. That's the numeral one, mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. If you'd like to hear us in live stream, that is at KALW.org. And if you would uh, like to hear the podcast, uh, Joanne will be putting it up at some point later on today. And that will be at KALW.org and many, many other places. But start with KALW. I'm sure that would be appreciated. All right. Once more, the number is 415 <laughs> Or toll free, it's uh, modern 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 inventions. Uh, or toll free eight six six seven nine eight eight two five five. Oh, Joanna informed me that the internet is uh, KLW is down a little bit right now. So that's all right. It'll go back up at some point. Uh, okay. All that being said, we'll start with their round of reductions, which I don't have. Wait a minute. Maybe it'll come to me. Here we go. Uh, and here we go. Gird your brain loins because Kirapace is back, y'all. All right. I am I am back with a vengeance. And by vengeance I mean cough. Um yeah. she's Josh, what's that? Typhoid Kira. That's pretty yeah. cool. Uh I don't she didn't never get sick though, right? Like she was, oh, was that fine. True? I thought. Like I yeah, thought she, she was just a it, but like she was You're right. yeah. Mary uh, Mary Mallon, that was her name. Mary Mallon. So Joshua Cosman is going to have fun tonight. In point of fact, he is planning to Wang Chung tonight. Do you know that is the uh, that is nearly the exact speech that my brother gave us on the occasion of our wedding? Not not yours and mine, but mine and my husband's. He invited everybody to Wang Chung tonight. That's great. Yeah. A man after my own heart, except <laughs> in some respects. Um, our moderator, Dana Rodriguez, is quite sure that 2024 will be the best year ever, uh, which is to say better than the Black Death, the destruction of Sodom, or uh, or Forrest Gump winning Best Picture. All right. Uh, thank you, Josh. And we'll begin the questioning with Gary Pace. All right. Uh 
I've been waiting a while to do this round. It has been a while since I've been on with Josh. So you've been, you've been mentioning this. That yes, you I'm, I'm excited. Geared up for me. I'm excited. This, too. this may crash and burn, but we'll see. We'll Let's see. do it, man. All right. So first, trend. I have a lead-in question for you. Um, do you, Joshua Cosman of the San Francisco Chronicle, or you, Dana, uh, do you know the difference between title case and sentence case? Just generally speaking. Yes, I do. Okay. Would you would you care? Uh, uh, title case it means that it, uh, means that you. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Title case means you know the capitalization as it goes in titles, which is to say, words all words capitalized except you know the and 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 articles and whatnot. Whereas uh, sentence case, uh, my belief is it's just the beginning letter as it was as it is in prose. Is mm-hmm. that right? And- and and proper nouns. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. That, that is basically it. Uh, in title case, uh, words that are not capitalized would be things like uh, articles a, an, and the. Those words aren't capitalized. Prepositions are not capitalized. Uh, so this is important because I have a, a a set of questions that I'm calling title case titles. I will give you the year a book was published and a short description of a version of that book whose title only contains the words that would be capitalized in title case. I want you to tell me the revised title, which again will not include any words that would not be capitalized in title case. Oh, I didn't write any of that. I so much need an example. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, 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 okay. So for example, if I said uh, 1949, uh, it's easy to see how Uncle Charlie, who peddles poisons, weapons, and disease, could be liked but not well-liked. That would be Death Salesman. Because <laughs> of A would not be capitalized in the title. So it's just Death All of a Salesman, right. which came out in 1949, played by, by Arthur Miller. Uh, so the rest, of these, uh, the rest of these will be uh, books. Um, okay. So that makes sense. You That's ready? Great. Are you right? I'm so happy. Thank All you right. for this. Number one from fifth century BC translated. So please give me the translated title. Translated to English, I should say. Joe Dynasty craftsmen clash over lacquerware production techniques and aesthetics. That is the first one. Fifth century BC translated into English. Joe Dynasty craftsmen clash over lacquerware production techniques and aesthetics. Uh, number two, this is the longest one, from 1844, the story of an enterprising Bennigan franchi- franchisee's quest to get the restaurant's world-famous batter-dipped ham, turkey, and cheese sandwich included on Villefort's list of great croque-monsieurs. Uh, from 1899, a guide to the symptoms of cardiac disease. 1899, again, a guide to the symptoms of cardiac disease. From 1928, not wanting to deal with the drunken antics of the Bollinger Club, theology student Paul Pennyfeather chooses not to attend Oxford's autumn semester. Uh, again, from 1928, not wanting to deal with the drunken antics of the Bollinger Club, theology student Paul Pennyfeather chooses not to attend Oxford's autumn semester. From 1980, a man's thoughts are consumed by the beautiful stranger he sees on the bus each morning. Again, 1980, 
A man's thoughts are consumed by the beautiful stranger he sees on the bus each morning. Also from 1980 are tales of a comically inept group of soldiers in gray. Uh, once again, that is tales of a comically inept group of soldiers in gray. From 1992, we have a modern epistolary novel detailing Bront's interactions with the Twitter account Equine Rates. From 1998, Boy Wizard Goes Blue tells all. And finally, 2013, Pluto's Greek counterpart is put in charge of the most unpopular sorority on campus. So I read a few of those uh, twice, but I can read any of them again. Do you have any of these? Well, these are hard to, to grasp on the fly. Give me the equine one from 92 again. Sure. A modern epistolary novel detailing Bront's interactions with the Twitter account Equine Rates. What was the word before interactions? Bront. B-R-O-N-T. Is that a mm-hmm. proper name? Uh Sure. It can also be Brent, if you prefer, or Brant. You don't care? I don't. Interesting. Oh, man. Um, While while Josh is thinking, would you repeat number two for me? Sure. 1844, the story of an enterprising Bennigan's franchisee's quest to get the restaurant's world-famous batter-dipped ham, turkey, and cheese sandwich Included on Villefort's list of great croque monsieurs. So the sandwich you have in mind is the Monte Cristo. So uh, then it's Count Count Monte Cristo. Count Monte Cristo is correct. (laughs) All right. And then the Paul Pennyfeather is uh, in Evil and Waugh's Decline and Fall. So I assume you mean Decline Fall. That's right. Decline Fall. All right. Which which year was Head that? Head back in spring. That was 1928. 28? Yeah. 1928. Nice. Um, Dana's much smarter than I. I. I got nothing on these. Let me think about them some more. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. All right. Leave it out. Somebody will do it. If you want to, if you want to do the ones that are available once more. Okay, good. It's the shorter ones, which makes me happy. Uh, 5th century BC translated, uh, translated to English. Uh, It wasn't translated to English in the 5th century. Uh, Anyway, uh, Joe Dynasty craftsmen clash over lacquerware production techniques and aesthetics. From 1899, a guide to the symptoms of cardiac disease. From 1980, a man's thoughts are consumed by the beautiful stranger he sees on the bus each morning. Also from 1980, tales of a comically inept group of soldiers in gray. 1992, uh, a modern epistolary novel detailing Bront's interactions with the Twitter account Equine Rates. 1998, Boy Wizard Goes Blue tells all. And finally, 2013, Pluto's Greek counterpart is put in charge of the most unpopular sorority on campus. Also, I would like to point out that my friend Neil wrote the two from 1980. Would you, what year was the one about the the person that sees the stranger on the bus again, please? 1980. That is, a man's thoughts are consumed by the beautiful stranger he sees on the bus each morning. Is that, is that Confederacy of Dunces? No. 
No, uh, but the but the 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 other one is the the tales of the comically inept soldiers in gray is Confederacy of Dunces. There we go. Which would make it Confederacy Dunces. Got Confederacy it. Right. Dunces is correct. Right. And again, written, you, written by I my friend. I couldn't get that. Thank you. I'm glad that my wrong answer led the way to your right answer. Confederacy Dunces. Yes. Hmm. All, right. All right. There we go. And uh, Josh, you go ahead too, please. Sure. Uh, let's see where to begin here. Uh, let's start with an opera question. Um, in all, in the list of the operas that have been performed at the Metropolitan Opera, ranked by frequency, the top twenty-nine, the top twenty-nine most commonly performed operas, are either in Italian, French, or German. What opera is at number thirty? Which is to say, the the most frequently performed opera there that's not in Italian, French, or German. Oh, so that's, it's not what opera is number 30, it's what it opera is what opera English. It is what opera is number 30. What is the most, what is the most frequently performed opera in the history of the Metropolitan Opera that is not in the languages Italian, French, or German? Because the top 29 are all in one of those three languages. So you're not asking whether it's English or not, it's just not Italian, I'm, French, or German. It's not Italian, French, or German. Could be Spanish. Uh, it could be, although I don't know what language that would be, or what opera that would be. Um, we have uh, someone suggesting Carmen, which is actually in French um, and and very near the top, maybe number, number two, I think. And I will guess the Don Juan Triumphant, because I have no idea. The what now? The Don Juan Triumphant, which I believe is the opera from Phantom of the Opera, at least oh, the Andrew Lloyd uh, Webb version. I, that is not the answer. Is it? Okay. May I ask? Is yeah, it an American sure. opera? It is not an American opera. All right. So but You didn't ask right. if it was in English. Is it in English? It is not in English. Okay. It is not in English. It is not an American opera. Uh, shall I tell you the language? Because I have a follow-up here, which was... Different. All right, go ahead. The, it, it, is, it is in Russian. Oh. Uh, oh, is it Boris Gudinov? It is indeed Boris Gudinov. Well done. Yeah. So the follow-up question is, and this is one to, to sort of tide us over for a little bit of time, what are the most... Two parts. What are the most frequently performed operas at the Met in English, in Czech, and in Hungarian. And then, secondly, what are the only two operas in the entire repertory list that are in some other language than the ones we have now mentioned, which is to say Italian, French, German, Russian, English, Czech, or Hungarian? There are only two that are in some other language. Um, one of them isn't exactly an opera, but it has been staged at the Metropolitan Opera, and the other is a, a genuine opera. So two parts. One, what are the most frequently performed operas in English, in Czech, and in Hungarian? And two, what are the only two operas in the repertory list that are in some other language than the ones mentioned? Czech. Czech is, is Czech um, the cunning little vixen? Good guess, but not right. Uh... Remembering that the 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 Metropolitan Opera goes back 
to you know the beginning of the 20th century and and the Janacek revival comes rather later okay hmm Kira any guesses no <laughs> Czech give me those three languages once more Czech Czech English Hungarian Hungarian must be is it something is it Kodai? It's something it like not this. Kodai. Uh, is it, it's not it's not Haydn, is it? And it's not Dokiani. Uh, uh, you're skirting around the number one guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I am. List? No. no. All right, I have to think about uh, that. Think okay, about just that. ask it once so, more. So we've established that the top uh, opera is Boris Gudunov. That's not in Italian, French, or German. It's in Russian. Then what are the most frequently performed operas at the Metropolitan Opera in English, in Czech, and in Hungarian? And secondly, what are the only two operas in the opera companies re- in the Metropolitan's rep list that are not in any of those languages? Uh, one is not... Uh, strictly speaking, an opera, but it has been staged there on the stage of the Metropolitan. So go figure. How about Porgy and Bess? Porgy and Bess is correct for English. Well done. All right. Good, good, good. good. Okay. Good. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds of the Matter. Good morning. Happy New Year from Tom and Debbie and Napa. Hi. 2024. So. Some important new legislation uh, was signed by the governor, and we now have an official state mushroom. So what is the official California state mushroom as of January 1st? I did read that, and of course I do not remember what the mushroom is called. Uh, hmm, does it start with an M? Well, it actually starts with the word... California. <laughs> well, the name proper, does it start with an M? And no. All right. Uh, how about a G? California G. Gold something. something. Yep. Yep. Golden. California Golden. Button. Also starts with a C. Now. Don't know. Just guessing. Uh, shut. Chanterelle, the California oh. Golden Chanterelle. All right. So hmm. we, we, we knew 2024 would be a good year. Um, <laughs> I love, by the way, uh, last week uh, it slipped through the old program theme song. Yes. Um, uh, well, you know, it ha- sometimes happens when we have a uh, uh, somebody who's not overly familiar with our theme music to play the old one, and I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me at all. So I, glad I you enjoyed it. it. So, over the next 10 years, from 2024 to 2034, um, the following are going to have something in common. Popeye, Pluto, Donald Duck, King Kong, Superman, Daffy Duck, Bilbo Baggins, Gandalf, James Bond, Batman, and Captain Marvel. 
They're going to have something they, in common yeah, all together. They will. They, no, I, they, they will all be the heroes of incredibly pornographic uh, <laughs> comic books without any legal repercussions, whatever. That's right. Or horror movies. That, well, that yeah. is basically correct. Um, yes. More narrowly defined, what does that represent? Go ahead. Public uh, domain. Yeah. That's correct. These will all enter the public. These copyrighted works will all enter the public domain. So, yes, I'm looking forward to that pornography. All righty. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to the show. Thanks. And thank you again for doing it. All the best. Oh, thank you very right, much. Happy New Appreciate Year. your call. Bye-bye. Happy New Year, yes. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We are here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Hope you're enjoying the show. We certainly would love to hear from you. The two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. Just to remind you of our email address, which is mindsovermatter1, that's the numeral one, at gmail.com. And uh, our panelists today, that would be Kira Pace, technical editor, Joshua Cosman, music critic for the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm your moderator, Dana Rodriguez, and you're listening to us on 91.7 FM. That is KALW, your local public radio station. All right. Uh, I have a couple of questions here. Let me, let me just quickly refer to the email. Uh, Janos G., I'm sure you know Josh, was mm-hmm. wondering if uh, the one in Hungary and the opera you were referring to, Hungarian, is Bartok Bluebeard's Castle. It is indeed. Well done, Janos. All right. Hungarians, no Hungarians. All right, there we go. So we just so we have the Hungarian and the um, English, and what was the last one? The Czech. Czech. The Czech. All right, and, and and the two you know singletons. Actually, okay. now that I think of it, I wonder whether Bluebeard's Castle is the only one in Hungarian. I didn't check because it was high on the list. Hmm. But uh, anyway, two others that are the only ones in their respective language. All right. Uh, so I'm going to give you two very short questions and one slightly longer one um, here. So according to Wallet Hub, what is the best city in the U.S. for keeping your New Year's resolutions? In other words, the city with the highest rate of actually keeping their New Year's resolutions. I should say that San Francisco is number two. What city is number one? I don't understand this metric. How would they possibly, I mean, it's based a- on aggregate weight four. loss, aggregate, you know. <laughs> I guess it's based on uh, uh, three or four, you know, uh, health, um, hmm. uh, blah, 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 blah. And then they, it's, uh, they interview people on how many, on how well they have followed up on their resolutions. Okay. I'll go with Denver. Mm. That's a good guess. And it's a city not, terribly unlike denver um so yeah so what city according to wallet hub what is the best city in the u.s for actually keeping your new year's resolutions san francisco is number two this city supposedly has a 67.86 follow-through rate that's that's a hilariously accurate number for something that's completely vibes based (laughs) nevertheless okay Uh, Well, think about that. Mm -hmm. And the second question is, at the end of 2023, as of the end of 2023, what are the three countries in the world with the highest inflation rate? 
at the end of 2023, what are the three countries in the world? Now, this is obviously subject to change, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. especially in some countries. Um, but, you know, under uh, for my best research, according to at the end of 2023, what are the three countries in the world with the highest inflation rate? Argentina. Argentina is indeed, okay, you want to guess each. Argentina is indeed, uh, was number three. I believe it's moved up to number two. In the meantime, but Argentina has 143% inflation rate. Wow. Yes. I have no idea. I mean, is 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 Greece still struggling or are they doing No, right Greece is much that's, better. That's old news. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I okay. like the Argentina. So, uh, as of the end of 2023, what are the three countries in the world with the highest inflation rate? And Kira got uh, Argentina, uh, 143%. The other two are higher. This Argentina was third on this list, but things have moved around a little bit. Um, but it was at the end of the last year, it was 143%. And okay, the last question here. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is give you the names of famous public squares in the United States. Uh, famous public squares in the United States, as in Union Square in San Francisco. Now, I just want you to tell me what city they are in. That's all. Number one, Colony Square. Number two, Monument Circle. It could be circles as well as squares. <laughs> Number three, Logan Square. Number four, Pioneer Courthouse Square. Number five, Mount Vernon Square. And number six, PV Plaza. One more time. P- PV, P-E-A-V-E-Y. Oh. PV or PV, PV Plaza. Okay, here we go. Again, these are public squares, plazas, or, um, or, uh, something, uh, circles, I guess. Um, just tell me what cities they are in. Number one, Colony Square. Number two, Monument Circle. Number three, Logan Square. Number four, Pioneer Courthouse Square. Number five, Mount Vernon Square. Number six, PV Plaza. And one guess each, please. Uh, I don't... I, uh, Joanne and I are both guessing Logan Square is in Boston. Uh, Logan Square is not in Boston. Just the airport. Yeah. Right. My guess for Monument Circle is DC. Uh, no. Okay. No. All right. Uh, okay. Just once more, according to Wild Hub, what is the best city in the US for keeping your New Year's resolutions? San Francisco is number two. Uh, at the end of 2023, what are the three countries with the highest inflation rate in the world? Kira got Argentina. And I'm still looking for the other two. And I gave you a list of major public squares in U.S. cities. Just name the city that they're in. Uh, Colony Square, Monument Circle, Logan Square, Pioneer Courthouse Square, Mount Vernon Square, and PV Plaza. All right. And these are all U.S. cities, right? Oh, yeah. They're all U.S. cities. Yes. Uh, Mr. Ted is, is wondering if Pioneer Square is in Seattle. That's a logical guess. But no, it is not in Seattle. Um, and a CM is 
wondering if keeping resolutions, the lead city in that is Seattle, and he's correct. Seattle is the number one city in the U.S. for keeping New Year's resolutions. Very good. good job on that. All right, and let's go to a before, before we go on. Oh, yeah. Kira, can I just ask you this? Is the the boy the boy wizard tell all? Is that Harry Potter chamber secrets? Boy wizard goes blue tells all is indeed Harry Potter chamber secrets. Okay, good. By your choice of initialism, oh. Rowling. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Now let's go to a call. Hi, good morning. Hi, you're on my Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Okay, so let's start with a question about geography. Where would you find the driest desert in the world? Antarctica. Uh, wow, you guys are very clever. How many people know that? Sometimes it takes a million years for rain to rain on Antarctica. Very good. Let's now go to names. Start with city names. Uh, Jerusalem, what does it mean? The city of Jerusalem. The city of peace or something like that? Peace? Okay, peace. well, yeah, very close. Uh, dar, which means door. Many English and German words, by the way, come from Arabic and uh, Semitic languages. Uh, and Salam, yeah, so Dar es Salam. In fact, there is a city in Tanzania called Dar es Salam. Very good. How about Cairo in Egypt? What, what, what does this word come from? I mean, the name of the city. Mm, mm-hmm. certainly come up. Yeah, it is named after uh, a planet, one of our solar system planet. Mm. It's really come from Greeks, believe it or not. Arabic, Greek and Arabic, yeah, it come after the pla- one planet, the red one. Which one? The red planet. Earth. Oh, you Mars? Because it, Mars it's, it is. Oh. And what it means. <laughs> yeah. The Mars in the ancient world was known to be the the uh, the god of war in in latin has a slightly different name as well in, in arabic but it means city victorious so the last part of this uh, name uh, question is again from last week uh the word semantic it referred to group of language it really does not refer to uh race religion or anything so uh, the group of language arabic hebrew aramaic and amharic and uh, so what uh, what do you think? Why? This, uh, you know, I, I get really a bit uh, confused. Uh, so the the word is uh, referred to saying, "Why is it?" Okay, I don't want to go political. Let, let's just get a last question. Word, you know, in this country we use uh, the uh, cent- uh, Fahrenheit, and most countries centigrade. What temperature were centi- centigrade and Fahrenheit are the same? Negative 40. Negative 40. You are very, very, very clever people. Okay. So all was fight, you know, darkness was, was light and ignorance was education. So I, we should deopenize the word Semitic. Both Arabs and Jews, and uh, they are Semitic people, and we should, you know, I'm really feel sad for that lady at Harvard University to quit her job for a bunch of nonsense. Let's get politics out of religion. Let's get religion out of politics. Thank you. All the great show. Thank you very much. Thank you for allowing Thank you, Reed. Thank you. Bye-bye.
And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, we are here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We would love to hear from you if you want to be part with a question of your own or to answer one of our questions. Those numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, this is Rita in San Francisco. Hi, Rita. Hi. Um, somebody earlier talked about some things that will enter the public domain in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I have a question about some things that just went into the public domain. On January 1st of this year, Public Domain Day. So these are works from 1928. And I have a question about four things that uh, have entered the public domain. Uh, the first one is a musical composition. Um, it is uh, from the Three Penny Opera. And right. uh, a hit version of this song was done by Bobby Darren. Right. Mac the Knife or... Yeah. Right? That's correct. Give yourself a bell for that. Um, there was, uh, one of the books in the, um, uh, Pooh series by A.A. A. Milne. The house at Pooh Corner was, uh, is now in the public domain. What character was introduced in that book? Is it, um, Eeyore? No. no I would have guessed Kanga and Rue because they come in later, I think. No. Well, uh, and it's not just Pooh himself? No. Uh, well, then Piglet? No, oh, you're, 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 you're just dancing around it. You're so good. about it's Tigger? Tigger. It, yeah. it, is, it is Tigger. So Tigger is now in the public domain. Good. And um, what characters were introduced in the movie Steamboat Willie? Steamboat <laughs> Willie and Mickey Mouse. Mickey, yeah, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. Right, Mickey in there? and Minnie. I think, yeah, yeah. I think there are two Disney properties that um, it's. I can't remember the name of the other short film, but there is another one. It's just Steamboat Willie's the one that's really well known. You don't now happen to. Cr- oh, sorry. But there's something like like with a P or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think. Um. Egg like beet. What that egg like beet is one of the is the early yeah one that's, of the early it, that's it that's it right. yeah and the last one I have a question about is a book and this is uh, a book by an author named Wanda Gog. Mm. Yes, called, millions of cats. Yes, and what is this? about that book. There are actually three things. Well, gosh, the one I remember is that what is distinct? I, you know, I mean, I had that as a kid. That's why I knew it. And I was always fascinated by the, the accent in her last name, which made no sense to me. I don't know if she yeah. was Hungarian. Um, it, I mean, is it, the, are you referring to the, the sort of the wood etching, the et, wood, wood block etchings that, that go with it? No. No. Don't know. It's 
It's the oldest American picture book that's still in print. Wow. It's, it's, it has never gone out of print since 1928. It was the first American picture book by an American author. Other ones sold prior to that here had been written by English authors. And Gog, um, she originated the use of double-page spreads with each of the two facing uh, pages incorporating one picture. Wow. So millions of cats um, got you early on, and there were some good reasons for it. It's a wonderful book. Thank you. I didn't know any of those things. That's great. So that's in honor of Public Domain Day uh, 2024. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And uh, Kira, I believe it is your turn. All right. Um, Of the 25 longest-serving senators, two are still in office. Who are they? You mean the longest-serving in history? uh, uh, Of the, yeah, in history, two are still in office. So who are they? And also... uh, who were the six oldest senators to leave office? So the six senators who left office uh, at an age that qualifies them to be the oldest senators ever. Well, when you say left office, you mean while still breathing? Because, I mean, Dianne Feinstein was I one of the I did not say oldest. that. I, oh, I, so. Yeah. She left could office. Be kicked, she could be carried out, too, yeah. Yes, okay. Dianne Feinstein is uh, number five on the list. Uh, she was 90 years, three months, and seven days old. Well, of course, Strom Thurmond is the, is the one. There you go. 100 years, 29 days, number one. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, Did he also die in office? I've forgotten. Yeah. Uh, Did he? No. I didn't think so. Did he? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're looking for the six oldest, the six oldest office, and it's, it's Thurmond. Longest serving. So the, no, the, the, the 25 uh, are of the 25 longest serving senators. Two are still in office. Who are these two? And then who were the six oldest senators to leave office? And so, so that's where we've got Thurmond and Feinstein. Correct. So my guess on the other one it has to be Chuck Grassley, right? Chuck Grassley is number one. Uh, he's been in there for more than 42 years. And he's going to run again. Sure, wouldn't you? Yeah, why not? Yeah. And um, um, on, Robert can, Byrd? Well, he's no longer uh, in office. Well, he's no longer oh, in office. Oh, you mean you're talking about the old, the old yeah. it's two different questions we've got. Oh, right. Yes, well, for the second one, Robert Byrd is correct. He's number three. Uh, he was 92 years, seven months, and eight days old when he left office. So I'm trying to think as of right now who's serving and has been there. Did you want anybody beyond Robert Byrd? Um, or not Robert, uh, about beyond Chuck Grassley. Grassley. Yeah, she's yes, like, there's still two, one more. Two, two of them are, are still in, in office. Who else? Who's the, um, real, the real long... How long has Mitch McConnell been there? Long Is enough to be number two on this list. All right. Oh, okay. 38 plus years. Wow. Oh, there you go. So that question has been answered. So just looking for the six oldest senators to leave office, and we have one, three, and five, who are Strom Thurmond, Robert Byrd, and Diane Feinstein, looking for two, four, and six. Okay. You do not have to repeat that. 
but we should quickly repeat any questions that are left out there. So um, what else do you have, Kira? Um, so I gave you the year a book was published and a short description of the version of that book whose title only contains the words that would be capitalized in title case. So I wanted the revised title, which again will not include any words that would not be capitalized in title case. So the ones we have left are from the 5th century BC, Joe Dynasty Craftsmen Clash Over Lacquerware Production Techniques and Aesthetics from 1899, A Guide to the Symptoms of Cardiac Disease from 1980, A Man's Thoughts Are Consumed by the Beautiful Stranger He Sees on the Bus Each Morning from 1992, A Modern Epistolary Novel Detailing Bronze Interactions with the Twitter Account Equine Rates, and finally, 2013, Pluto's Greek counterpart is put in charge of the most unpopular sorority on campus. So the the fifth uh, century BC is, of course, the the sequel to Storage War, which is Art War. Art War, that is correct. From the Art of War, Sun Tzu, we have Art War. Nicely done. Okay, and I'm um, looking at the list of operas that have been performed at the Metropolitan Opera. We've established that the most uh, uh, frequent one in Russian is Boris Gudinov, uh, the most uh, frequent one in English, Porgy and Bess, the most frequent one in Hungarian, Bluebeard's Castle by Bartok. We're looking for the most commonly most commonly performed opera in Czech, and also the only two uh, operas to have been performed at the Met that are not in English, Italian, French, German, Russian, Czech, or Hungarian, one of which is not, strictly speaking, an opera, but has been performed there at the Met. When you say it's not, strictly speaking, an opera, how would you, how would you describe it then? Uh, is it an oratorio? It, yeah, something? it's more, I think it's built, it, it's, it's built as an, it's, it's oratorio-ish. I think it, it has a specific, you know, hybrid genre description that I've is eluding me at the moment. It's, you know, something like theatrical spectacles, theatrical oratorio, ballet, dramat, you know, dramatique, or something like this. Uh, it's is some it kind is of, it by Handel? It is not by Handel. Okay. Handel, yeah. No. Is it French? No, it is not in French, Italian, German, Russian, right. English, or Hungarian or Czech. It is in a different language. <coughs> All right. Okay. And uh, let's see. At the end, uh, as of the end of 2023, what are the three countries in the world with the highest rate of inflation? Kira got Argentina. Uh, what are the other two countries on that list? And I gave you a list of major public squares in the United States I, and just asked you <clears throat> what cities they are in. The uh, ones we have left are Colony Square, Monument Circle, Logan Square, Pioneer Courthouse Square, Mount Vernon Square, and PV Plaza. Okay. And Josh, I think it is your sure. turn. Sure. Um, I'm just trying to think where I should go here with uh, the time we have. Uh, this, is a, this is a question that I have to credit to the puzzle maker, June Pak, who put it in a puzzle of his last week, and I thought it was a fun fact. What is the most populous U.S. city with a hyphen in its name, the most populous U.S. city whose name has a hyphen in it. Is it Wilkes Bar? It is not Wilkes Bar. Good guess. Winston Salem. That is correct. Mm. All right, you knocked that right out. So, 
I'll give you a different one. Um, and <laughs> this comes with various caveats. This is a this was a meme that was going around on on Facebook a few months ago, and I thought it was kind of a fun thing. And I tried to verify it, and I was unable to do so. So it may not be accurate, but it's it, it, <laughs> it's it pl- it's plausible and it's fun, and we'll give it a shot anyway. Why Wait, worry? So are there are there no sixty eight point seven percent in uh, in your question? Is that what I'm hearing, Josh? <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. All right. The, the 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 but the the point of this was it says the most common holiday worldwide is celebrated somewhere in the world, on average, every six days. What is it? Independence from the United Kingdom, from the British Empire. There we go. Okay. There you go. Good job. I wonder if that's, I I mean, it seemed plausible enough, and I was sort of poking around and couldn't quite find how to... to, Every six days, really? Well, there's a lot of countries that escaped Her Majesty's mantle. Are they averaging his or majesty now? What, oh, right. his majesty's. Yeah, but, but I mean, most of them come from since 52, right? I mean, I know, but they're not averaging it. I mean, it's not literally every six days. It's nothing. It's nothing like. No, but what I liked about it was that it's it's a it's a nation. It's a holiday that's not like Christmas all at one time. Like it, it it's you know, it's going to be spread out of the, around the year. Right. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Sorry. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hey, this is Kevin in Los Angeles. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Um, I uh, I have a couple questions for you, but um, mm-hmm. you know, Josh, I, I do love you. I'm a cryptic crossword fan. I don't want to have to call in with a correction for you, but I do have to correct something you put out last year because I think you're the type of person who doesn't want to put out this information. But the Weaver Uh-oh. of Ravalo was not Ethan from. But rather, but uh, it was a it was a Silas Martin. Did I say it was Ethan Frome? Yeah, you did. But anyway, oh. I put together That's... some questions for you. Um, um, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for the correction. I'm 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 duly shamed. No, I don't want you to be shamed. I just I just knew that you wouldn't want to put out this information. Anyway. You're right. You're you you, you he'll, got me. You'll never rights. learn unless you correct him. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I put All right, thank you for that. For you. No, no worries. Uh, on uh, one of the best TV shows ever, that's Murder, She Wrote. So I'll see how this goes. <laughs> Her name is Jessica Fletcher, but she writes under J.B. Fletcher. What does J.B., well, J is Jessica, what does the B stand for? And also, what's her maiden name? Oh. This is something you'd have to have watched the show to know. Unless there's an unless there's an in, you'd have had to have watched one of the most popular shows in history. Is it is Paul? Re- repeated continually on TV? Right, right. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not judging those who have watched it. I'm just saying it's not me. No, no um, that's not what I meant. I just I meant I thought this would be knocked out of the park. Oh yeah. Now you know, as far as like Tom Bosley shows, I think that's probably the one I watched least. Like I've seen more Father Dowling mysteries than I've seen Murder She Wrote. Oh, Jessica, wow. so she's Jessica B. Fletcher, is what you're telling us. Yes. Well, I'm going to yeah. leave out the audience. I'm sure. All right, someone make, will know. Yeah, middle name well, and her. I have a guess. But did they make a Did they make a deal out of this? Like, it, was it a secret, or was it? Did it come up very often in the show? No, no, no. It, it, the middle name didn't come up all that much, but the last name did come up also because there's at least one episode, maybe more, 
where she plays a uh, you know because uh, you know Angela Lansbury she likes to play characters. They have her play a English version of uh, like a, a cousin, and the cousin uses the last name. Oh, I so see. it's out there. It's out there quite a bit. Uh, I'll give you. Is it easier. a? I'll give you an oh, easier right. one that's that's out there all the time. What's her husband's first name? They mention that all the time. Well, I had a list for her middle name. I had a guess, excuse me, for her middle name because I had an aunt who had the same, had that as a first name, and that's Beatrice. Yep, you got that one. Yeah. Okay. And But but her husband's name, no, I have no. Mm. All right, well, I can leave him with that. I can I'm leave sorry? Him with your operator. I can leave him with your operator. Oh no, you should test. You should tell us. We don't. We okay. don't have a lot of time up on the show. Okay. Uh, last name is McGill, and her husband was Frank, and okay. she mentioned Frank all the time. So maybe you guys didn't watch the show. Maybe you should wait till Lori was there. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> is is that any any other questions? No, that's it. Thank you. Well, thank Thanks you very so much. much. Appreciate it. Bye bye. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, we have time for you to give us a call. So please feel free to do that. Those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll free 866-798-8255. Uh, Chris is wondering if the highest inflation rate in the world, one of the countries is Venezuela. And that is correct. Venezuela is number one. And the inflation rate there as of the end of last year was 318%. Jeez. And uh, Janos, uh, who emailed back, is wondering the Met Opera in Spanish. Uh, and I don't, I'm not familiar with this opera. Uh, Florenzian en el Amazonas. Ah, that is, that is true. That is not one of the two that I had on the list, and I forgot about that one. So, yes, give the man a bell. Yeah, a man named Daniel Catan, um, who wrote uh, Florencia en el Amazonas, which is in, in Spanish, as Janos says, has been done recently at the Met for the first time, is coming to Opera San Jose uh, later this year, if people are interested in seeing it and hearing it. And yes, but that was not one of the two that I had in mind. So that's on me. But it and also Lori means there's... is wondering if uh, the one in English is Philip Glass's Akhenaten. Akhenaten is in English, but it's not the most common English one. That one, as you guessed, was Porgy and Bess by Gershwin. Right. However, Philip Glass is a good basis for another answer. If anyone wants to jump on that as a hint, since the since time is running low, no. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. What is, yeah. Go ahead. Let's see. Can I throw this in? I got nine minutes. Okay. I, I wrote this uh, with you in mind, Josh. Okay. So, um, what are the Tchaikovsky competition competition? What are the Tchaikovsky compositions mm-hmm. with the name or language of another country in the title? The name or language. Right. What are the Tchaikovsky compositions with either the name or language of another country in the title? When you say another country, I'm all right. So I'm going to parse non Russian. I'm going to parse this very finely. All right. Um, The the 
Tchaikovsky's second symphony is called the Little Russian, but it's not no, a reference no. to Russia. It's not a reference to Russia. That, that Little is Russia true, is, I, is Ukraine. I am I am uh, being very literal about this, so no, not all not right. Tchaikovsky, nothing's coming rushing to mind other than the Little Russian Symphony. There's quite a major piece. Of course there is. Of course there is. And the important point is that I can't think of it on live radio. Um, (laughs) um, Let me ponder it. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. So again, what are the Tchaikovsky compositions with Mm -hmm. the name or language of another country in the title? So... There we go. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds of Matter. Is that me? It is you. It is me. This is Roger in San Francisco. Hi, Roger. Um, uh, the opera that's not actually an opera, is that Carmina Burana? Oh, what a good guess. Uh, but no. No? Okay. And I have some questions. These, I'm going to give you a list of countries, old countries with the old names. You give me the new names of these countries. So if I say Ceylon, you know it's Sri Lanka. So let's try. These are old ones. Thrace. Thrace. Bithynia. Nubia. Sheba. Phrygia. Aquitania. And Illyria. Where are they now? Well, there is a real Aquitania, of course. There is a real uh, Aquitania. Where is it? It's southwest France, isn't it? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Eleanor the Aquitania. Eleanor the Aquitania. It was a Roman so, province, but it is now part of France. Yes. And, and, right. and Nubia is historically Libya, I think. Isn't that right? I was going to say no. Sudan. Sudan. No. Sudan. No. Sudan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, it's North Sudan and Southern Egypt. It's along the you got um, Thrace, Bithynia, Sheba. Oh, Thrace! Asia. I missed that. I'm sorry. Thrace, Thrace. is this is, Thrace su- is, is part of Greece now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no. Isn't that mainland Greece? Maybe it's no. Bulgaria. Is it Bulgaria? It's Bulgaria. It's South um, Bulgaria. Yes. All right. And Bithynia, which is different from Abyssinia. Yes. Or did you? It's spelled different. It's not Abyssinia. <laughs> This is Bithynia with a th. Oh, that I have not. I've not heard of. Have you heard of that? No, I've heard of Bothnia. No, Bithynia. Bithynia. No, that's an a old one Roman province. An old Roman province. Mm-mm. No. And Phrygia. And, you might know Phrygia. Oh, Phrygia. Phrygia is um, is is in uh, uh, Asia Minor, which is today Turkey. That's correct. It's in West Central Anatolia. Yeah. And what, by the way, what is a Phrygian cap? <laughs> Phrygian cap is something that they wear during the French Revolution, isn't it? Yes. And what did it look like? A dunce cap. No. Uh, and you're right. It's a soft conical cap with the apex bent over. Right. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sometimes known as the Jacobin cap. Hmm. Hmm. And then. So we're then, missing uh, um, uh, Both, B- B- Bithynia Sheba. and Sheba and Illyria. Yeah. Oh, Illyria. Illyria is on the Adriatic, isn't it? Or that's you're that's, right. Where exactly? Do you remember? Illyria is, is the it, the Shakespeare refers to it. I was going to say uh, Shakespeare. He does. He does. 
but it's uh, unclear from Shakespeare. One of his plays takes part there, or or, or at least it's characters come from there. Twelfth Night, Viola. Is so it's it's sort of the southern, uh, it's southern. Yeah, uh, it's, it's on the Adriatic, Albania. sort of the southern coast, uh, uh, around above um, Albania, sort of like a Montenegro, right around there. Okay, it's Albania. It is Albania. It's mostly Albania. Mm. Um, then we have Sheba. So the Queen of Sheba comes to visit uh, Solomon in Jerusalem. Yes. So she can't have come far. She came well, quite a little way, actually. But it, is it, it further than like Lebanon? Yes, it's a little further away than Lebanon. Hmm. But it's isn't it the opposite way? Oh, is it Africa? I thought it was Asia Minor, or not our Asia. Uh, she comes mm. from. No, actually, it's where Yemen is now. Okay, oh, I did not. The know Queen that. of Sheba didn't may may not never have existed. Oh, sure, and then. And then let, let me give you a bonus. Where was Tartary? Where was Tartary? Tartary is central is Central Asia. Correct. Afghanistan and Kazakhstan. Right. I'm afraid very, we have to. We have to. Very good. Have, Thank you. Very but I want I want to know where Bithynia up. is. Where where? Oh, Bithynia. Bithynia, northwest Turkey, adjacent to the Bosphorus and the Sea of Marmara. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate your call. Okay. All right. Uh, I should point out that Stefan uh, emailed and said Pioneer Courthouse Square is in Portland, Oregon. It, indeed, it is. And uh, so we better clean up here. Kira, what do we have? All right. Uh, 1899, a guide to the symptom of cardiac disease or symptoms. That's heart darkness, which is heart of darkness, Joseph <laughs> Conrad. In 1980s, a man's thoughts are consumed by the beautiful stranger he sees on the bus each morning. Again, that was written by Neil Robinson, so thank you. Uh, that is Transit Venus from Transit of Venus, Shirley <laughs> Hazard. 1992 is a modern epistolary novel detailing Bront's interactions with the Twitter account Equine Rates. That is All Pretty Horses. They're All Pretty Horses, Bront. Uh, from All the Pretty Horses, Cormac McCarthy. And 2013, Pluto's Greek counterpart is put in charge of the most unpopular sorority on campus. That's House Hades. The House of Hades, Rick Ray. Reordan. Uh, the 25, uh, we already have that. Uh, the six oldest senators to leave office, the two, the three we didn't get were Theodore Green, Carl Hayden, and Charles Grassley. All right. Josh. Charles Grassley hasn't empty, ended yet. Um, uh, but he will, I guess. Uh, the most commonly performed opera in Czech is The Bartered Bride by Smetna. The ones that are not in those common languages, not exactly an opera, is Stravinsky's uh, oratorio Oedipus Rex in Latin, and Philip Glass's Satyagraha is done in Sanskrit. Hmm, okay. At the end of 2023, what are the three countries with the highest inflation rate? Venezuela, 318, Lebanon, 215, Argentina, 143. Uh, the, uh, public squares in U.S. cities, Colony Squares, Atlanta, Monument Circle, Indianapolis, Logan Square, Philadelphia, Pioneer Courthouse Square, Portland, Mount Vernon Square, Washington, D.C. P.V. Plaza is in Minneapolis. The Tchaikovsky compositions with the name of a language or another country in the title, Festival Overture, Festival Overture on Danish National Anthem, uh, Symphony Number no. 3, which is the Polish, uh, the Italian, old Italian song, old French song, and German song, and of course, Capriccio Italian. So, right. if we didn't get your call, I do apologize. Please remember that Minds Over Matter is here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Our thanks to our panel. That would be Kira Pace, technical editor, Joshua Cosman from the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you very much, Josh. 
I've been your moderator, Dana Rodriguez, and of course, uh, Joanne Marr for handling the board and phones. Have a great week, everybody. Happy New Year, and please join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. Take care. Bye-bye.